And I've been pondering about this evening and praying about what I should say. Um, And if you hear nothing else, the message is very simple. There is one God, one church, one mission, and we are better together. It's a simple phrase, a simple statement, but I think its meaning is profound. It's life-changing, life-shaping, life-determining. Some of you might, that, that's all you need to hear this evening. There is one God, there is one church, and there's one mission. And you might, you might ponder that, you might meditate on that, you might pray about that. But others of you might need a little bit more. So I've got a bit of time, so I'll unpack it a little bit um, this evening. So first of all, hopefully I press this one. And it goes to one God. Excellent. I love it when technology works. Um, it's great when it works, and it's a nightmare when it doesn't. So as Christians... We believe in one God. One God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's set out in in scriptures such as uh, John 14 verse 26, which says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all I have said to you. And Ephesians 4 verses 4 to 6, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. One God, three persons, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. But it's something that those of us who call ourselves Christians, I think we take it for granted. And arguably, we don't really understand or or perhaps demonstrate in our relationship with God. Some of us will find most comfort and understanding through our relationship with God as Father, the loving parent who created us, nurtures us, cares for us, and whom we can return when we need to. Some of us will have come to know God primarily through our understanding of the Son, Jesus, the friend we can relate to, the teacher who explains things to us, the brother who we look up to and admire. And some of us will find our natural relationship with God is through the Spirit, the one who stirs our souls, empowers us when we feel weak, provides supernaturally, guides and heals us. Because we separate out those different persons, parts, aspects of God, that's why we have different churches and different denominations. Because some feel comfortable and confident in understanding one aspect of God or perhaps two over and above the others. The message this evening is that the three persons of God are equal. Now some people will struggle with God as father because their own parents have not been so good. Perhaps even abusive. Likewise, some of us might have been bullied by brothers or so-called friends, and so understanding Jesus in this way is confusing, because he's not like that. Some of us don't understand the Spirit because we don't like the perception of some unseen being kind of just turning up and unsettling things. If these are your understandings of the different persons of God, then you need to get to know them, to overcome and allow God to bring healing. You see, God... As Father is perfect and loving. God as Son, as Jesus, is perfect and loving. And God as Spirit is perfect and loving. 
If you know and love God and pray perhaps most often to the Father, maybe it's time to get to know Jesus and the Spirit more, to spend time in prayer, conversing with them. If you know Jesus really well, get to know the Spirit and the Father. If you know the Spirit, great. Can you help me out with him? Because he's the one that confuses me the most. Take some time to build your relationship with God the Father and God the Son. But also, if we're from different places and we understand these different aspects of God and perhaps we can only grasp one of them because they're all so different and so beyond our imagination, especially when we try and bring them together, then actually we need to learn from one another. We need to share with one another. So I'm excited this evening that there's been some Pentecostals giving a bit of hallelujah and amens. Amen. Amen. I also appreciate a nice, quiet, contemplative, relaxing, kind of reflective time. I don't know if we've got any uh, who others here this evening that that would be your primary kind of, yeah, I engage with God in a nice, quiet place. We need to do this within our churches, to learn from one another about how we relate to God, to the different aspects of God, to the different ways that he describes himself so that we can understand him and get to know him better. But we also need to do it across our churches. We need to do this so that we can know the one true and living God in his fullness and not in part. I'm sure that many of you will be familiar with the principle that the church is the body of Christ. I'd like to read uh, from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, beginning at verse 12. It says this, The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one spirit, into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged these parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. In many ways, that passage is self-explanatory. We are all unique. God has made us that way. We're all made and given different skills, different gifts, different passions, different interests. We were created and gifted differently because we all have different roles to play. Just as within a body, each part has a different role to play. Now this passage, you've possibly heard it preached on before, and it's about unity. And it's about unity in Christ. This is, of course, exactly 
why we're here this evening, because here we are, a number of different churches, congregations, people with slightly different views on what the Bible says about one thing or another, but all knowing Jesus Christ, Son of God, died and rose again so that we can have a relationship with the Father and leaving the Spirit for us. We all probably agree in principle that being together is better. And it's all well and good, but history and reality tell me that when we start to come together, our differences get in the way. We fall out over points of difference in our understanding of the Scriptures, in the way we should worship, not just that it's too loud or too quiet, but maybe there's too many words in a song, too many songs, too few songs. Songs that just go on and on and on and repeat themselves endlessly, or songs that just have so many words that you don't understand what it means. We differ in the way we share communion, in the role and the importance we place on baptism, over the words of a particular prayer, over even the style, the quality, or the length of a sermon. Of course, the differences and divisions don't just come up across churches within individual denominations and individual churches and individual congregations. We will disagree over all these issues as well as the quality of the after-service coffee and the type of biscuits that have been chosen. I want to let you into an insight that I came to realise a powerful truth regarding unity within the body from these passages a few years ago. Although we are one, although we are connected, we don't need to spend the same amount of time with every single different part of the body. It is good. It is in fact part of the design that we should be closer to some than to others. The passage I just read talks about hands and feet and eyes and ears and smell. And I know that my body needs nutrition. I need to eat and to drink. In order to eat and to drink, I use a significant amount of my body. Now, I have a bottle of water, it's just over there. In order, if if I want to have a drink now, first of all, I've got to work out where the bottle is, now I know where the bottle is. But I've got to turn my head, I've got to look at it, and then I've got to use my feet and my legs to walk over to it. But I'm not going to use my feet and my legs to pick it up. I need my arms, I need my body to bend over so I can do so. I need my hand to unscrew the cap. I need my mouth to drink it. I need my throat to swallow. I have no idea what happens inside to that water. It goes somewhere. It gets, it's useful in some way or other and eventually it comes out. Or, yeah, we don't need to go into that. The way that the body works, the reason that all comes together is because the mind is kind of connected somehow. Again, I don't know how it works. And the mind tells all the various bits of the body, I don't stop and think, I must have a glass of water, moped, use eye. It, it doesn't work like that, it just happens naturally, because that's the way I'm made. Now obviously some people uh, have various uh, difficulties and challenges because of disability or whatever it might be. But the way that God made me is so that I turn my head, I see the glass, I pick it up, I drink. To make it all happen, I need my mind to be giving out the instructions to each of the parts of the body. All the parts of the body are important. They all play a role. They're all connected, but some are closer than others. 
You see, if my hands and my feet were close together, it would cause all kinds of problems. I, I don't know if you've ever tried to walk with your hands by your feet. It, you look silly, it's kind of challenging. You don't get much done, you don't go very quickly. It makes it really difficult to have a drink. My hands aren't designed to be connected to my feet. Now there's times when my hand needs to touch my foot, because you know I need to cut my nails. I need to clean. But if I spent the whole time with my hand connected to my foot, things would go wrong. So it is with the body of Christ, the church. It's easy for us to look around. We can celebrate all those of us that are here. It's really exciting to see you all. I hope I get to know some of you. I've got to know some people from different events. Um, and I hope I get to know more of you. And I'm enjoying the fact that there's different people with slightly different beliefs and way of worshipping God. And I love learning about that. But it's also easy to go, oh, that church didn't come. That pastor's not here. They never get involved in any of the stuff that we do. Why is that? And we have a bit of a moan and a grumble about who's not involved and who hasn't turned up. We might do it across the churches. We might even do it within our churches and say, well, why don't that person never does anything? They never come to this thing. They never come to that thing. I want to suggest that perhaps instead of complaining, whether that's an inward thing, and we, we obviously say, no, it doesn't matter at all on the outside, but inside we're going, well, it didn't turn up. <laughs> or whether we say it publicly. That actually what we do is we transform our minds, or we allow God to transform our minds, so that instead of complaining, what we do is we pray blessing upon those who we don't see as being involved. I suggest that we look to pray for the connections that we do have, and that God would work in the ministries that we don't see or understand. I'm not saying that we should cut ourselves off from others. I'm not saying that we should be separated, but I am saying it's okay for some connections to be close and some to be distant. For some to connect regularly and others to rarely have an obvious link. And it's not an excuse to avoid, avoid those that we disagree with or differ from. As I said already, we need to learn from one another. But it's important to be freed from the false belief that says we should all get on with everyone all the time. The passage in 1 Corinthians, in verse 18, says this, but in fact God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them just as he wanted them to be. We need to trust God that people and churches are in the places that they are supposed to be. And we need to pray blessing and encouragement and support for them. If we are to be truly better together, then each of us needs to come into the body of Christ with humility, ready to lay down our lives, and not necessarily to die in a physical sense, but actually our views and our opinions, to go, do you know what? I can keep that one to myself today. To allow each component part of the body to thrive as God intended. We are one church, parts of one body, and we need to lay down our own agendas. And as it says in Philippians 2.5, have the same mind in us that was in Christ Jesus. Which leads us on to one mission. For me to have a drink requires the parts of my body to work together. The, mis the mission of my body is to get a drink. Simple. The mission of the church is the mission of God. 
If you think it is your mission, you are wrong. I once attended a Christian conference and the headlines of the main talk were our world, our mission. That is backwards, that's wrong. It's God's world and it's God's mission. We don't invite God to be part of our mission or our church. He invites us to be a part of his church and his mission. As a Christian, when you come to know Christ, it's not because you reached out to him, but because he first reached out to you. The mission of God is to be reconciled with humankind. God invites us into his family. We become adopted sons and daughters. And as his children, he invites us to participate in his mission of reconciling the world to him. God's desire is to have a relationship with humankind. It has been his desire from the beginning. Scripture is filled with the stories of God reaching out to men and women. Jesus came to reconcile us to the Father. The Spirit is with us to reconcile us with the Father and to guide us in his ways. Just as I use my whole body to get a drink and was guided by my mind, so to fulfill the mission of God we must be guided by his mind. Therefore we need to know his mind and to know the mind of God we have the scriptures. We have the Holy Spirit to guide us and we have the example of Christ. And in Philippians 2 it says, have the same mind that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave and being born in human likeness and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. It goes on to say, therefore, my beloved, just have you always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but now in my absence. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. God is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. We are better together with him when we allow him to relate to us and us to him as Father, Son and Holy Spirit. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. We are better together when we know our place in Christ and our position in his body. As the church, we are invited to participate in the mission of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. As we are reconciled with God, we humbly assist in reconciling God with others. One God, one church, one mission, better together.